Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to Put Your Belt on America. My name is Nathaniel Adams, and today this is episode eight, Giving as We've Been Prospered. Today I have with me Landon, and we're going to be talking about this today. Um, Landon, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. All right, so what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about giving as, as we've been prospered. Uh, there's certain things that we've been given uh, on this earth, a certain amount, and things like time, money, effort, and love. And throughout the Bible, we're commanded to give these things and uh, to demonstrate our willing to obey God through some of these avenues. So the first thing that I would like to talk about for a moment is giving of money. Um, If you go to 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, it says, if you're reading there with me, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper that there be no collections when I come. Well, he says here, lay, some, lay something aside and storing up as you may prosper. So if you look at Second uh, Corinthians 9, verse 7, it says, So let each one of you give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And again, we're not just talking about money, but he loves someone who's willing to give give up their time, willing to give love, willing to give effort. Um, they, they're unselfish. They're putting someone else, someone else's needs above their own needs or wants. It's an unselfish attitude, and it's, it's a loving attitude. And it's, so another thing uh, along with that is to look at, just to put things in perspective about giving, because a lot of people have this idea that, um, we're just going to show up to church, and we're not going to think about what we're going to give. We're just going to show up, and we're going to write a check for, I don't know, I, we'll just throw out a dollar amount. We're just going to write a check for 20 bucks. Nothing wrong with giving $20 if that's what you've been blessed with. Nothing wrong with uh, giving a penny. Uh, and we, we know we have a, a story about that, but um, let's just use $20, for example. You can't just roll up there with no thought of what you've been blessed with and just say, I'm just going to write $20 and I'm going to do it for the next 20 years. Even though I've got a 2% cost of living raise every single year, I've been blessed with three kids, um, I have a great career, but I'm still giving $20 every single Sunday. I don't, you don't see somebody who's evaluating what they've been blessed with and they're they're definitely not giving as they've been prospered because they may have been blessed fivefold and they have increased their giving none so anyway with that being said let's jump right into this and look at a few things here if you look at the old testament you look at uh they they tithe and a tithe is roughly 10 percent but they also gave gifts burnt offerings and other sacrifices there and if you look in the new testament of course as we've read earlier you get we're to give as we purpose in our heart for god loves a cheerful giver and we're to give as we've been blessed but if we add up the actual percentage of old testament gifts and what those guys own it would probably equate uh closer to 30 to 40 percent of what they had now i don't know if you're running percentage but take a second and run a percentage on what you're putting in the plate i mean these guys clearly it was important to them, and it's not about the dollar amount, but you know, it, it it's all going to depend on the individual and their heart. But if I'm sitting there looking and I'm giving two and a half percent of what I'm being blessed with, then I've 
I've got to I got to get my take a look at my priorities. I mean, where's my money at? Yeah, and I think the most important thing is to realize, you know, yeah, two and a half percent may or may not be low, but if you're going to gauge that, really, you need to know what are you putting on your other things in life. You know, are you spending ten percent of your income on your uh, streaming bills and phone bills, or are you spending twenty twenty percent on those things, and maybe you're you know, you're going on vacations and stuff, you know, where, where do your priorities lie? And then you can really gauge what you're actually giving really with comparing that against the other things in your life. Yeah. If I'm giving, I agree. I mean, that completely, if I'm giving that two and a half percent, but I'm over here giving 25% to Ford credit every month, then maybe um, I'm not saying run out there and sell your vehicle, but you need to take a look at your life and say, going forward, what is important to me? Is is material things important? Am I laying up treasures here on earth? Or am I looking to things ahead? It's just a question that, that you should ask yourself. And, and some of the things you should, you should consider when putting that check or cash or whatever you're putting in the plate on Sunday morning. So look around us. We live in the most wealthy nation in the world. And the, another question to ask yourself is how important is spreading the gospel to you? How much did Jesus give? Those are some of the thoughts, like I mentioned, that, that we should think about when putting our money in the plate next time around. And I think another thing you bring up there is uh, knowing, you know, when we're talking about giving money in particular, and I know there's other things we're going to go over, but when we're talking about giving money, and in particular when we're told to lay by in store, let's think about what that money was going for a lot of times. You know, it's not like we were... The, the, the early Christians were using that money to go buy pizza. You know, they were they were using that money to go help those early Christians that were in need and go help those people spreading the gospel. We know that Paul accepted some of this money that had been laid up by people. So I think it's good to know that, you know, the, this money is going towards those types of things. Yeah, going toward those types of things and, you know what's what's more important, spreading the gospel or the um, you know me pocketing the latest iPhone. So, you know that's just some things to think about. So, uh, as I get my place here, um, it also says that we we talked about that. Um, you know, how much did Jesus give? Jesus Jesus gave gave it all. I mean, if you look at the, in comparison, we're, we're thinking about, oh man, I'm going to have to sacrifice here a little bit, and I'm just cringing a little bit, because I just, man, that's that's $20 a week, or that's a, that's $100 a month, or it's $10 a week, $5, whatever it is, and you're just sitting there, if you've got that grudgingly, you're giving grudgingly, like we, we talked about earlier, if you're doing that, and you're having that reservation, I mean, just take a step back and think that, Jesus gave everything. He came out of heaven. He didn't have to. He came out of heaven just out of love and gave it all to save us that deserve nothing. So when you compare it to that, if you're sitting there and having a side-by-side, then really if you put $5,000 in the plate, it's really nothing because it's it's just money. It's just paper. I mean, this guy gave a... Um, he gave a perfect life, a blameless, perfect life, and gave it for people who did not deserve it and despised him. So when you look at it in that context, it's really, really no, not a whole lot. So also, I wanted to look at, uh, if you look at Mark twelve forty one through 44, now it says that, now Jesus sat on the opposite 
sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she went out of her poverty and put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. So what you see here is, again, going back to not mattering, the, the dollar amount is if, if, if I make $5,000, I'm just using this example, if I make $5,000 a month and I put in $2,000 a month given to the church, um, but if I make 2500 a month and I put in $2,000 a month, then who's giving more? And it goes back to the attitude, but if you look at this particular young lady, he says that she was better than all these others who they gave high dollar amounts, they wrote big checks, but it was a small percentage of what they had. And he said that this lady who gave everything she had, even in her poverty, was better than all of their gifts combined because it came from the heart. Yeah, and I don't think there is a more clear picture that we can get of exemplifying giving with your heart. And that's what we're trying to go over is that it is not the dollar amount. It is not how much it's, it, it, I mean, because some people have other obligations that others don't. And, and some people, you know, are more, are more uh, physically blessed with possessions and whatnot, but it is all about the heart. God loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't say anything in, in the new Testament about a certain percentage. And I think there's a reason, a reason for that. And also to go along with that, with this point is, uh, if you look in Matthew six verse one, uh, it says, "Take heed that you do your, do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them; otherwise, you have no reward your Father in heaven." So you're not doing this to be seen in people. You're not, you know, sitting there and and uh, pulling out the big water green and putting it in the plate, or uh, you know, maybe even telling somebody be like, "Well, we give this every month." That's not why you're doing it. So that's just one thing, and I didn't say that. I mean, that's that's straight there what Jesus is saying there in Matthew 6, verse 1. So, um, and, and God knows our hearts. There's no beating the system. Uh, if you look at Proverbs nineteen seventeen, in verse 17 it says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. So it, sit, it sits here and says, The Lord's going to repay you back for what you've given. Now, we don't know what way that's going to be in. That could be on this earth, or it could just simply mean that you're going to get way more than you would ever get on this earth after this life. But we do know that the Lord's not slack concerning His promises, and if He says He'll pay you back, He's going to pay you back. So, also, I wanted to look at uh, Proverbs 3, 9, 10. And in verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And this is talking about, um, you know, don't, when you evaluate what you're going to give and, and what you're blessed with, the first thing that should come to your mind and your first priority should be giving back to God. And I think that's something that's really hard for people to do. I know it's hard for me to do because I know when 
I was first starting to try to make a budget for what I was going to live off of. I know probably the first thing that I thought about was my mortgage or my rent or car payment or gas bill or, or, or whatever. And then on down the road somewhere on my spreadsheet, then I said, oh, I need to put in a church contribution. And I know that's something that I struggle with is, is putting that first, but I think it's really easily for, easy for that to fall on the back burners, to be just a necessity, just something else that we have to do and not the main thing that we have to do. And and because of the fact of the matter is, is the other thing is to keep you in perspective is if without without the Lord, um, you wouldn't have your job, you wouldn't have any money, you wouldn't have any food, and you wouldn't be sitting here breathing, and we wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast. So it's pretty, it, it, it is crucial and very important to realize the seriousness of what we're actually doing when we, when we give on Sunday morning. Um, or it may not be on Sunday morning um, as far as if we're talking about giving time and love um, and some of these other parameters that we're fixing to dive into. So let's go ahead and look at, at, at the time aspect about what we're doing with our time. So let's look at Matthew six thirty three, and And in this, in this passage right here, before we get into it, it, it goes along with the idea of putting God first and some of the things that we should think about when we do put God first. So what it says in verse 31 uh, through 33, it says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Well, and that's got a pretty long ways uh, from kind of the way we think today when it's not really like, what are we going to eat or drink? It's more of, you know, what kind of TV are we going to watch and what kind of car are we going to drive and where are we going to go out to eat? And I think a lot of times today we, we get away from even the even the basic questions that are asked here when they were wondering where their food, shelter, and clothing were going to come from. And that's what they were worried about here. And God's telling them that don't worry about that. Don't worry about struggling. Just worry about seeking the kingdom of God first. And then all of his righteousness will be added to them. And that's something we got to keep in mind today is that we have to seek the kingdom of God first and put all of these other secular things to the side. And if, if, this, if this was the world writing these three verses this is kind of what it might sound like seek ye first uh what's fun what's pleasurable what we enjoy what i want to do whatever my desires are and if those things don't pan out or go as planned then we'll seek god first way down here at the bottom of the list and throw him in right there at the bottom so that's what it would look like if the world was to write it because that's the way a lot of people live their life, sadly. But um, if they don't know any better, then how how would they know to seek God first? Because, again, going back to the importance of spreading the gospel, if you don't know, you can't know something you don't know. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm certainly glad that the world has not written this verse because, one, you know, there, there are a lot of things that people argue um, about whenever they discuss the Bible and its context and its teaching sometimes, but 
this is not really one of those verses. This is a very simple and clean cut verse, and it is uh, easy to understand. It's not always easy to implement, but it is easy to understand what we need here. Yeah, I mean, things that um, many churches have disagreements on. There's one thing, one of the things that they almost, I've never seen or heard of them having a disagreement on, and that's given. It, it just ain't. There's no way, there's no way that you can twist it around. It's, it's just no way. But anyway, along uh, along with this time, is I wanted to make a few points here. So here's some questions to ask ourselves as society here in America. Are we truly seeking the, uh, the kingdom of God first? How much time do you spend on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other things? How much time do you spend watching sports and TV in general? There's 168 hours in a week. If you want to break that down, 40 is usually a work week, 14 uh, hours on average of TV time, and there's 56 hours of sleep based on eight hours. Well, that leaves us with 62 hours. Now, I would dare say there's a lot of people out there that only spend a maximum of four hours a week in worship and Bible study, if they spend that. But let's just talk about, for this context, the people that are Sunday morning Christians or Wednesday night Christians that we're going to show up, we're going to punch our time clock, and we're going to spend our four hours, and then we're going to jip out. And we're not going to give anything else. We're not going to give a penny more. Not a, not a minute more. We're not going to give anything more than the minimum. So what that does is it gives the idea that we're using the actions to earn our salvation just by doing these things rather than using God's Word to and letting God transform our lives and transform our hearts to basically be a living sacrifice for Him. Yeah, and, and I think one thing to keep in mind, too, is, you know, especially as we go from looking at the Old Testament to the New Testament, one thing that we'll notice is that in the New Testament, there is a lot of focus on the mindset of how we do things. Not necessarily all of the actions, which we are told to do, but... A lot of it is really focused on our mindset and our heart when we do those things. And it's not only just when you're giving money or when you're uh, singing or when you're uh, doing other acts of worship. This is also included just when you're going to church, when you're when you're attending services in general. Um, what is your mindset? Do you want to be there? And, you know, we, we've got to keep in mind that we're not earning our salvation by doing these actions. And that it is based on how it how 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 we feel and how we are uh, doing these things uh, based on our heart. Yeah, and I mean we're we're blessed with an allotted time on this earth, and uh, what you have is you have your life, and you have a span. And if anybody doesn't know what a span is, it's a point between A and B, and you have no idea that distance. But if we give a portion back of what we've been blessed with. If we, you know, four hours of worship service, if, if you go, if that's if you make your uh, your Sunday morning, your Sunday night, and, you, and your Wednesday night, if, if that's when you meet. But that four hours seems awfully slim compared to 14 hours of TV. 14 hours of TV, and we're giving four hours to the person who controls your eternal destiny. Wow priorities are out of order it's out of control and, and and it's really an epidemic i mean you just you see it every day 
and people just have no idea what's going on. And one of the things you think about is, um, well, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I am just going to church. Maybe I am just going through the motions, or maybe I am just devoting that time at church to God. And you know, maybe you want to devote more. And the question is, how? How are you supposed to devote more time to God? And I think some of the things we need to keep in mind is we need to do the works that it explains and has examples of in the New Testament, uh, such as spreading the gospel, being a good example, being a cheerful giver, helping those in need, as well as prayer. We are told to pray without ceasing. Uh, there's a number of lessons about prayer, but we are we are to pray to God, and I think when it's when He says to pray without ceasing, I, I mean that He's talking about having a continual um, bond and contact with God, and you're not going to be just having contact. It, it, so if you're married, how often are you going to talk to your spouse? Is it going to be four days a week? I mean, four, four hours a week? Um, probably not. It's going to be a lot more than that, and it should be even more than that with God. We should indeed pray without ceasing, and we should have Him on our mind and talking to Him and devoting that time to Him in a, a number of given ways. But one of those should definitely be prayer. And if you look at, along with that, if you, if you look at Matthew twenty five thirty six, um, you, you you look at the giving of time and with with the things that we've already mentioned you know talking about prayer and studying God's word and um uh, you know going going to church and lay by in a store and, and all these things you give but one thing just some simple questions to ask i mean this is this is Jesus talking here and he says that and this is starting in verse 33 and he will set the sheep on his right hand but uh but the goats on the left, and then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, or give you drink? And when... He when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king will answer and say to them assuredly i say to you inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me and then he will also say to those on the left hand depart from me you cursed in the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels for I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then also will answer to him, saying, When, Lord, did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, and in prison, and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not, did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous, the righteous into eternal life. So, that, kind of a lengthy pack, passage there, but what you see is, is these people, they neglected to help the people who was around them, the people who were sick, the people who were in prison. They, they neglected to do these things, and when you don't do them to them, and we're going to talk about it here in just a few moments about loving your neighbor, well, 
if you don't do these things to your neighbor, then you're neglecting what Jesus wants you to do. I think this is a very powerful per- passage, and especially um, because I think we should, you know, next time we're driving on the side of the road in a big city or where we see a little more of this, and you see somebody lying on the ground that is asking for money or asking for food or is, you know, needing a jacket or anything like that, think about this verse. He specifically tells them, he says, when you did not feed those strangers that were hungry, when you did not help those strangers out, it's the same as you not helping me. I think it'd be pretty easy for most all of us, any anybody who is a believer, to help Jesus if he was on the side of the road. I think if, anybody, if any of us saw Jesus on the side of the road asking for money, I'm pretty sure anybody would stop and help him. But the thing is, he said it's the same thing with those other people. So I think we need to keep that in mind. That's why I think this is such a powerful story right here. And just just picking one out, I mean, when is the last time you've went and visited anybody in prison? I mean, we that's it's in there. It's it's in the list, um, and I don't see any um, strings attached as far as you know loopholes of when or how you would have to when you would do these things and it says i'm a stranger and he did not take me in well it don't say um i was a stranger but i appeared that i really did need help no it just says that there was a stranger and they didn't take him in and then it says he's naked and he didn't clothe him so there's no um there's no contingencies on on these these commandments here that, he, that he's talking about so Moving on with with our time, which one is more important to you? I mean, is it is it saving your soul, or is it some of these other things that that we mentioned um, as far as that we're going to give our time? What's more important to you? So as we talk about the two other things that we had mentioned earlier in our things that we're to give, uh, one of them being effort, and I just want to point out is is the verse that we're looking at in Colossians 3 verse 17 it says and whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father through him well it says whatever you do it don't say certain things it says everything you do do it as unto the Lord uh, so give your full effort God blesses you with abilities and he likes to see you use the abilities that he's given you and course we could go off on a on a point uh, about the parable of the talents about using the talents you've been given so and i think you know we, we we've been gearing most everything towards uh, and this is still geared towards spiritually minded uh things but uh when he's talking about this right here he says word or deed do all is into the lord um i think this should come across in our jobs as well whenever we're at work um, or we're at school or whatever we're doing throughout our day, um, that is when we can show this effort, not just when we're going to church or when we're going to um, do some of these things we've talked about as far as giving. Um, this, this, should go, this effort should be portrayed in a Christian's life all around. Yeah, and, and along with that, I mean, on how important giving... God doesn't want minimum effort and how important it is to give full effort. He says in Matthew 5, verse 41, And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two miles. 
that thus where the phrase comes from is a popular phrase going the extra mile he wants you to go above and beyond the call of duty he doesn't want you to say what is the minimum required let me skate by because you can't do that because it's a matter of the heart as we've already talked about and if your heart is sitting there saying what's the minimum i can do then your heart's not right and that's all it is and i think you know when, when he says, like you said, uh, when someone asks you to go with them a mile, go with them two, I think that comes down to what is going to be our last topic, which is love. You know, if you love somebody, you're going to want to go that extra mile. You're going to want to make sure that you've done everything you can to help them out. You're not just going to be helping them because they ask you. And you're not just going to be giving because you've been asked to give. You're going to be giving because you want to give. And you're going to be wanting to make a difference. Yeah, and and just to get the perspective of closing things down, talking about love here, if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verses 4 through 8, it says, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things, and love never fails. Now it goes on to say, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail, and where there be tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But what I want to focus in on here is the verses leading up and talking about that love never fails. Love is something that anybody can give no matter how much money you have, how much time you have left on this earth, or how much effort you may be able to give. You can always give love. And even when you're talking about um, this, you know, when we start, when we talk about this love, this really has all of the other things we can give tied to it. And I think this is why whenever Jesus was asked in the Bible, what is the greatest commandment? Uh, the first was to love God, and the second was to love thy neighbor. I think those two being involved with love is it shows us how important love is. If we love God, we're going to have no problem giving time to Him, giving money towards spreading His the efforts of spreading the gospel, uh, giving money to help people, giving effort to help people, giving effort to worship God, giving effort to study about God. We're not going to have any problem with any of these things if we have love. And I think just like many other topics in the Bible, love is uh, intertwined with many of these subjects. And you referenced it earlier, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six says, talking to Jesus here, they say, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like, like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. One of these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. So, just like we said earlier, this talks about how important it is. And one other thing that we learn about love is just like some of these other things, there's no contingencies on love. Have you ever noted have you ever noticed that love is not a warm fuzzy feeling, it is an action. And the one really the best example to see this is is through Jesus and when he goes to the cross. Jesus goes to the cross and he was spat on. He was beat with a whip. He was betrayed by the ones closest to him. He had a 
crown of thorns placed on his head. His side was pierced. He had nails driven through his hands and his feet. And he ultimately died, and he was put in a tomb with a stone to seal it all up. Now, to me, that shows a great thing of love because I saw his action. But what Jesus gave was the ultimately the ultimate demonstration of love. It wasn't that he had some kind of warm, fuzzy feeling because, again, he was in the body of a human. Nobody's going to have a good feeling going through any of those things. I mean, it's, it's just pure sacrifice out of love. And going back to the verse that Jesus himself said, he said, love never fails. Well, in that case, it didn't fail. He put his faith in God, and he carried out God's will no matter what, and it cost him his life. So he paid the ultimate price for you and me. And it that is the the ultimate the ultimate gift that you can give of love. It was an action. He did not have a warm fuzzy feeling because he was in the pre, he was in the body of a human. Nobody's going to have a good warm fuzzy feeling of what the world thinks of love when you're going through all the things that he went through. So it's demonstrated right there. There's many other examples, but it's demonstrated clear as crystal right there that is an action. I mean, when somebody does you wrong, what is your natural worldly reaction? It's probably not to love them. But what the Bible says is it says to love them. Love your enemies. So clearly, if you have an enemy, you're not going to have a warm, fuzzy feeling about them naturally. You're going to have to submit to the will of God and put his will above yours. Yeah, and so if we think about the things that we can give, you know, after looking at that last example of love, um, God, uh, Jesus did give up a lot. He, he gave up. He, he gave us his effort, and he gave us his time. He gave everything to us because he loved us. And so just as we were saying earlier, this is just one of the examples of it, of where if you truly give your love, if you truly do love someone, then these other things will follow. And and to sum it all up, that, that's, that's exactly right. And to, to sum it all up, just ask yourself, are you given as you've been prospered? We've already said earlier, you don't you don't have so much time on this earth. What are you given? Are you given any time? Are you given a monetary value uh, to spread the gospel? Are you given effort? And are you given love? Ask yourself these things and apply it to your lives. And, and America will be a whole lot better place if, if we do this. That's a good lesson. And, uh, Landon, we appreciate you uh, getting that lesson together. Um so this was episode eight and so next time we will be into episode nine and it will be our next current event hope you listen then